Welcome to another episode of Salvation Solutions. I am Aviance. I am Aramis. And I am Pastor D. So we have been talking about um, certain, actually, no, this is only our second thing that we've been talking about, about how salvation is the solution to something that we deal with internally. Right, right. So this week, we're going to talk about low self-esteem. Right. Okay. Right. So why don't you dive into that? Well, the reason I wanted to deal with that is because I've had to deal with that in several um instances over the last couple of weeks and you know I, I i come to realize that you know this this is a problem that prevents specifically believers from maximizing who god has made them to be i was actually listening to a message by a brother uh, that's talking about uh, the potential that every believer has and how how we don't understand what god has placed on the inside of us and how so many of us are not fulfilling and living out all of the potential that we have, you know, and and the possibilities that's, that come from the potential that's within us. But the thing that will prevent that potential, and this is kind of what his message was sending around, the things that prevent that potential from coming to full fruition. And um, and self-esteem was one of those things. When you When you look at it from a biblical perspective, when you don't believe who it is God says that you are. And there's a lot of reasons why that is. And, you know, we'll get into that over the next couple of episodes. But uh, it comes down to really believing who it is God says we are. As, as we believe salvation is the solution to everything. And when it comes to salvation being the solution to dealing with having to combat and fight against low self-esteem. And let me say this. It's built into the fallen nature of man to deal with low self-esteem. So it's part of the, 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 the carnal nature of the flesh. Death has so saturated the, the, the fallen psyche of man that, that to, to deal with low self-esteem is a natural occurrence. There's, there doesn't have to be anything that necessarily happens to you that will cause you to think of yourself lower than what you should other than sin as the virus that it is infiltrating the psyche of man. That's first and foremost. But when you compound, you compound that with the experiences that a lot of people go through, the failures, the negative conversations that they have, the negative things that, that people have been saying to you from, 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 from childhood that you can you know, recollect, all of those things make dealing with low self-esteem and not having the esteem that, that you should and, and not esteeming yourself as you should, it makes it even more challenging and more difficult. And so um, salvation solves that issue initially, salvation. And uh, we, we, we just need to know how to, um, you know, demonstrate that, you know, Jesus himself, God, God made sure that Jesus didn't have to deal with it or, or he, he affirmed Jesus. Um, three things that I tell my husbands to do to their wives, um, and vice versa, uh, is, is confirm, affirm and comfort. And that really helps to deal with any esteem issues that a, a husband or a wife might have. But God confirmed who Jesus was from the very beginning when he told him, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. That's all the esteem Jesus needed to go forth and fulfill who Christ had called or who God had called him to be. You know, when he recognized who he was, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. When you feel yourself with the word of God and what the word of God says about you, then dealing with self-esteem comes so easy. Right. We've all had to deal with it at whatever level we've had to deal with it on. But but when you when you have the word of God, when you have salvation, that helps you to 
it, it, I shouldn't say helps, but it, it empowers you to overcome and deal with the self-esteem issues that, that we face, you know, naturally in life, let alone when we have had experiences that kind of compound that, 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 um, that spirit or that, that, that uh, flesh to, to not feel about yourself the way you used to feel about yourself. I contribute a lot of that to religion as well. Right. Religion will, 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 will say stuff like, well, you ain't perfect. Ain't nobody perfect. And you still a sinner and you can't do this. Right. That's what religion will say to you. And that has crippled the psyche of the church. And it just shouldn't be that way. And so we believe that salvation is the solution. And part of that solution is knowing who uh, knowing what God says about you from the word of God. Right. I can't help but think that because the, the last thing that we spoke about was anxiety. And for some reason, I don't know why, but low self-esteem and, and anxiety is kind of like oh, yeah. kind of the same spirit. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, no, no. They come from the same spirit. Okay. But they come from the flesh. Let's say it like that. They come from the the. Remember, when we're talking about flesh, we're talking about the unregenerated components of the soul. So the soul is made up of the mind, the will of the emotions. And, and basically it's in the mind. It's in the mind and, and it's in the and it touches the emotions, right? You can feel a certain way about you. You don't feel good about who you are because of whatever the reason might be. Something that happened way back when, something that might have happened yesterday, something that happened 10 years ago. But how do we overcome that? How do we deal with it? You know, and salvation, salvation is the ultimate motivator. It's the ultimate um, spiritual motivation we need in order for us to walk in and walk out who it is God has called us to be. Once you fully embrace what and, I, and, and we go back to the foundations. Jesus, Jesus asked Peter this question, who do men say that I am? Who am I? And then he said, well, who do you say? Who am I to you? Right. Knowing Jesus knew who he was, that that if we can learn anything from our Lord is is when you when you are dealing with esteem issues, the first thing you got to recognize is who am I? See, Jesus knew who he was. Therefore, he had the boldness. He had the courage. He had the faith to go forth and do what it was that he was called to do. Well, when you don't have the esteem, when you don't have the belief in yourself like you're supposed to, then you're going to always struggle with doing what it is God has called you to do. And that's something that that we we have been given a salvation to help us understand that. But if we don't know that we're conquerors, like like we're conquerors, if we don't know that, that God has made us, the Bible actually says we're more than conquerors through him that loves us. We're more. If we don't if we don't understand what that means, then man, I can I can get this thing done like I can get this thing done. Right. I was I was man, I was meditating on the scripture the other day. You know, you already know I got this thing where, where I don't accept you saying I don't know. Like, I don't know. We'll figure it out. Like, figure the thing out. Mm -hmm. I don't know is unacceptable. Like, figure it out. OK, so. And I say that because we have the capacity to figure it out. You say that even if we ask you what to do. I mean, honestly, it doesn't. Oh, <laughs> I get it. The, I wasn't going to say Just across the board, figure All right, it out. We'll figure it out. <laughs> the thing is, but you have the capacity, though. That's what I'm, I'm trying to, I'm drawing out of you what's in you. And so there was a scripture that came to me that dealt with that. I said, praise God, I got a word for him. When I did not, I ain't just got to say it. I got a scripture to go with it. Um, but anyway, but the Bible says this. The Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. See, when you're dealing with self-esteem issues, you got to think a certain way. We think ourselves into disesteeming ourselves a lot of times. We think ourselves not to be a particular thing. We think ourselves not to be able to do a certain thing. Like, like the children of Israel, they said, listen, listen, them, them giants in Atlanta, we be grasshoppers. We be, gra we be like, they didn't know what they thought about them. The folks had not even seen them. But in their mind, they thought themselves to be grasshoppers in their sight. 
So if you think you're a grasshopper, then you're going to live like a grasshopper. Right? So when we talk about dealing with low self-esteem, and, and you know, it's not, I'm not saying it's easy at all, but, but the solution is, you know, is, is rooted in, in, in our faith. I, I think if you look at the day and age that we live in with, um, you know, the social media boom and, and the, the technology boom, um, that, that have put us in a position where everything is so non-contact anymore. I mean, COVID is, is just expounded yeah. on that mm-hmm. you know, immensely. But And I, I, I saw an article about this. I can't remember exactly what it said, but it just talked about um, a lot of the um, effects that social media has on the human psyche now where you're oftentimes comparing yourself, you know, or you're comparing your goals or you're comparing your achievements or anything like that to what you see on social media. And oftentimes that puts people in a position to feel unaccomplished or to feel like, you know, what am I doing with my life? Or, you know, it, 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 it creates an atmosphere or it kind of breeds a mentality of doubt, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and that it, you know, I think that is, is the, the major factor in someone having a self-esteem issue is, is doubt, which is obviously a lack of knowledge of who you are. Right. right? But I I don't know if you want to talk about that a little bit, just, you know, how, how, how that all folds into, you know, the self-esteem issues that we're facing today. No, no doubt. I mean, I, I believe with, with the social media being what it is to us today, you know, you're able to see, either people's successes or people's failures. You know, you're able to see the things that you might be lacking or you might think you're lacking and what other people, you know, are in possession of. And you might, you know, you might desire to have that. And because you don't have it, you might feel bad about who you are. Um, you know, all those things are, are um, contributors to why people deal with what we're dealing with. I really think, though, that when it comes down to it for the believer, um, it, it, it's a matter of, of, of knowing who God has made you to be. And I really believe it starts with the righteousness, right? We're not sinners anymore. So we, we shouldn't see ourselves as sinners. Just like the children of Israel saw themselves as grasshoppers. A lot of believers still see themselves as sinners. If you, if you see yourself as a sinner, then you have a sinner's complex. Mm-hmm. A sinner's complex is low self-esteem. Right. It's not being good enough. Or the expectation of always faltering. Right, of always failing and not yeah. being good enough. That, that's what it is. And, and, and listen, it starts with, it starts with, what God thinks about me, right? If I'm a sinner, then, then, what, then what, does, what does people teach, what do most people teach about being a sinner? God hates them. God ain't for you. God is against you. God is mad at you. So you're dealing with that complex, but when, as a believer, we're not sinners anymore. Like Romans, the fifth chapter clarifies that. You're either the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, or you're a sinner in Adam. So let me ask you a question. Yes. So let's say I'm an alcoholic, right? Right. And I haven't had a drink in 25 years. Right. And <laughs> I say to you, you know, I, I'm an alcoholic. I'm going to say you lying. <laughs> why, why am I? Well, I, I have a physical response. I'm sorry, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that. I have First a, of all, are you saved or unsaved? I'm saved. Oh, well, no, no doubt. I can say that. You lying. I'm a phys- I have a physiological response to alcohol that causes me to become addicted. I'm an alcoholic. That's my mindset. Right. That's a lie? That's a lie. No doubt about okay. it. Especially if you're a believer, that's Explain a lie. Explain that. Especially if you believe it. Well, no. I mean, <laughs> you just explained <laughs> it. No, you won't explain it. 
no, 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 It's been 25 years. You don't know how your body gonna react. Physiologically, you've definitely changed within the culture, within your makeup, right? That's that's from the natural, but from the spiritual, from the spiritual first and foremost. Being to to claim to be an alcoholic is rooted in the in the fallen nature of man. Like once you're born again, all things that pass away, behold, all things that become new. That listen, listen. You can be by position in Christ, which makes you not an alcoholic, but still struggle with drinking. You're still not an alcoholic, right? Based on position, right. I know. It's, I know. It's, I know. This sounds crazy. <laughs> I know the religious folk don't understand that. <laughs> That's what we're trying to get. Past. The religious folk don't understand that that I can be in Christ Jesus and positionally and legally and technically before God, I am not an alcoholic. But I still maybe struggle with drinking. That's what folks they can't grasp that. Like what? what? But yeah, because our salvation is both positional and practical. Mm-hmm. But if I just keep saying I'm not alcoholic, I'm not alcoholic. Man, I, I can remember, but this person was struggling with cigarettes. They would puff the cigarette every time they and they saved now. I'm talking about saved, love the Lord. Come off the curb, right into the worst house, worst, worst of house, worst man guy. I'm when I say come off the curb, the whole smoke cigarettes. I just be talking. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't say that. <laughs> I shouldn't say it like that. <laughs> but, yeah, I shouldn't say it like that. I, you know, I shouldn't say it like that. I shouldn't come off the curb. I shouldn't say it like that. But you know, that's what they do. They smoke it on the curb. They push it on the curb. But they come off the curb, and, and I'm talking about worship God like they, like, you know, don't doubt that. Right. But they still struggle with it. But there was a testimony of a young man. I'm talking about the preacher told him. Every time you puff the cigarette, say I say say that I'm I'm not addicted to cigarettes and I'm gonna stop smoking cigarettes. And every time you puff it, he puff, he say that. And eventually he stopped. Mm. Eventually, because he was declaring who he was. And 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 once we get to that place where we recognize who we are, then we can begin to declare. We can begin to say it. And it's the same thing for self-esteem. If you have low self-esteem, you got to begin to say those things that God has given us to say about us to build us up. That I'm holy. That I'm unblameable and I'm reprovable in this sight. That's even when I'm still messing up. This is the fight is to believe. The fight is to believe. The fight of faith is to believe that I am who God says I am in spite of acting differently. That's the fight of faith. That's how we deal with overcoming the esteem issues. I'm going to say who God says I am in the midst of my failure, in the midst of my inability to accomplish a particular thing, in the midst of my procrastination. And permissive me in the midst of me not being able to not living up to who uh, people think I'm think I'm to be. I'm going to continue to say it. I'm going to. I, I was saying last week in the conversation. We got to say it. We got to say what God says about us until we see it. We got to say it until we see it. We got to say it until we see it. We got to keep saying it. We got to keep saying it until we see it. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. Exactly. It's in the power of the tongue. I just got one thing I got to change about that. Okay. It actually says death and life is in the power of the tongue. Okay. And I believe it says that for a reason. Because the propensity and the bend is toward death now. Right? 
But but what has to happen is through salvation, we got to make that thing that pendulum swing to the other side, right? Death and life is in the power of the tongue as it as it pertains to the the um, the conditions that we're under in life. That it's easier to manifest death than it is to manifest life, right? You got to work a little harder. Yeah. To you got to bring you got to be more consistent when it comes to producing life. There's a force fighting against us to produce life. It's easier to mess up. It's easier to do. It's easier to get caught up in sin than it is to get caught up in righteousness. That's just the nature of it. So I believe that's why the scripture says death and life is in the power of the tongue. Mm -hmm. And they that love it said eat the fruit thereof. But you got to love speaking the language of life. That's what it's bringing out. They that love speaking life. You got to be in love with speaking life. Right? You got to be in love with it. And that'll deal with the esteem issues. Speaking of love, one of the first things we have to, that, that we pointed out earlier that God wanted Jesus to know was that he, he was his beloved. Right? That'll knock low self-esteem right out of the park. But we gotta, we gotta, we gotta come together as believers with the word of God, and we gotta take in the word and stop listening to these religious folks tell you what you're not. Right. Like, like, wh like, what, what good is me telling you you ain't perfect? Like, what good comes out of that? It probably makes them feel better about themselves. I, that was my thought. But you ain't helping me at all. Well, I don't it's think that was the point of saying that. Yeah, I don't think that was the point of saying that. But so, so let me ask you this. Well, not ask, but I, I kind of wanted to, to get you to talk about this a little bit. And, and I, this was something that um, I had heard Brother Allen talking about, and, and you talked about. I don't know if it was during service or right after a service, but there, there was a study done on the Hebraic language, mm -hmm. right? And science had proved that speaking the Hebraic language caused molecules in the air to move. Right. And they actually, they, now did they form, is that accurate? Did they form letters of the Hebraic language or was that? What, the molecules? Yeah. Or what? Yeah, yeah. No, no, actually, um, th th it's not that they form letters, but um, it's two aspects to that. Okay. The Hebrew language is, a, is, is known as a language of love. There's actually no curse words in the Hebrew, right? It's a language of love. So it's a language that moves, um, moves the emotion of man and impacts the spirit of man like no other language, right? Mm -hmm. But then the other aspect of it is, is there's, there's, they found that there's one thing that affects or causes everything, a movement within everything, and that's man's voice. Mm -hmm. So when you combine man's voice with the Hebrew language, now you're talking about a more powerful force, a powerful entity. So um, that, that's kind of the thought that we yeah. was going down with Brother Allen. So when you, when you, when you well, I don't know where he was going with that. Well, I, I just wanted to point out that there's a, there's a very real and scientific and practical oh, way yeah. to, to, to think about the power of our words, you mm -hmm. know, and the power of speaking faith into, into yourself and speaking God's word into, into your life. You know, I, I don't know how many, I've, how many times I've said this to, you know, to people I work with and, and people I'm friends with, you know, there, there's a very real, matter of fact, I was talking to a client last night. Um, you know, and, and there were there were some concerns that he was about to voice. And I stopped him. I said, there's something in my in my spirit that's telling me to just don't say what you were going to say, because I have a feeling where you were going to go. But you don't want to put that into the air right now. What mm -hmm. you need to do is focus on what God says about the situation, focus on your faith. And and actually, all that reminds me of, of something very important that I, that I learned from from Brother Allen. Um, you know, when he was going through his situation and he said, I don't want y'all to pray for me. I want you to pray that my faith doesn't fail me. Right. That was such a powerful oh, yeah. thing for me to hear. Oh yeah. You know right. that 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 we we have the ability to overcome anything 
but it's also more important uh, to to control what we hear mm-hmm. because what we hear dictates what we believe right 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 so so there's a lot of different aspects to 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 kind of taking ownership or taking control of where our esteem is but understanding the practical practical aspect of of what we speak and what we hear that'll change everything and it'll change everything I'm, I'm glad you said that the bible says faith cometh by hearing mm-hmm. right but manifestation of what i'm faith or what i'm believing god for comes by saying that says with with the heart man believeth unto righteousness but with the mouth confession is made unto salvation so faith cometh by hearing but Seeing comes by saying. If I'm going to see what I'm, what I'm, what, what I'm believing for, I got to say it. I got to say it. I got to speak it. Um, there were some instances in the Word of God where, where there, was, there were, there were uh, certain characters that were dealing with self-esteem issues. Right? One of the ones we wanted to mention was Gideon. In Judges, the sixth chapter, when God had called Gideon, what did Gideon say? He says, and Gideon said unto the, unto the Lord, I mean, and Gideon said unto the Lord, uh, Oh my Lord, uh, what would I, what would shall I save Israel? Like, how am I going to do this? Like, I, I'm, I'm, my family's poor, I'm poor, and I'm the least in my father's house, right? That's a self-esteem issue. He didn't believe he could do what the Lord had called him to do. He didn't think he could go out and accomplish what the Lord had called him to accomplish. He was actually, how, how is this going to happen? Like, what, what are you talking about? Like, I, man, no, go somebody else, find somebody else. Right? Uh, Moses went through the same thing. You know, Moses was so was so insecure about, you know, who he was and his inability to speak that God had to go and get his brother to go with him to Pharaoh. Right. That wasn't God's original intent. It's for Moses to go. He said, listen, all right, Moses, you whining about that. I'm going to come on here and go meet your brother and go up there with him. Right. I love what God said to Jeremiah. Right. In, uh, in uh, Jeremiah, Jeremiah, the first chapter. Let me read it. I love it. I just love the flow to it. Uh, Jeremiah, the first chapter, I believe it's. It's amazing how how oftentimes when I when I think about hearing God's voice, I think about how D says, "You know, come on, come on, just keep going." <laughs> 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 just, that's how I hear it now. Yeah, that's how you hear it now. <laughs> it's just going to fight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just go on over here and do what you got to do. Right, <laughs> Stop right. playing games. Stop playing. Just just do it. Just do it. That's what it is. Just do it. No, that's what it is. Like 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 words are eternal. That right there. That my word live with him. I ain't got to be around him. No, but it's living in him. Right? So I'm saying, here we go. Verse 5 says, Before I, this is what God is saying to Jeremiah. Um, well, let's just read verse 4. It says, Then the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before, I, before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee and ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. This is what God is telling Jeremiah. Like, before you even thought about coming through the, through the canal of life, I'd already, I'd already talked about what you're supposed to do, how you're supposed to do it, when you're supposed to do it. That's already done. Then said Jeremiah, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. Oh, and I love this verse 7. Oh, it just moves my heart. But the Lord said unto him, Say not I'm a child. Don't say that. Don't say you're a child. Don't say. See, God is dealing with his esteem issues right there. Don't say that. Don't. First thing he said, don't. See, the things we say determine a lot of times the degree of self-esteem we have. He says, say, don't say that. Don't say that, son. He says, listen. He says, listen. For thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. 
Then the Lord put forth his hands and touched my mouth. And the Lord said unto me, behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. So God, God begins to deal with the esteem issues of Jeremiah by first telling him, stop saying what you're saying. Like if we can say anything to the listeners right now, stop saying the negative stuff you're saying about yourself. Stop looking down on yourself. Say what God says about you. Before I formed thee in the womb, I ordained thee. Before you came to, to, to the doors of life, I, I called thee and I empowered you and I equipped you. That's how we got to think. That's how we deal with the esteem issue. Now, now, at times, you may need somebody to say that to you. If you're around people that they're not saying that to you, get around some other folks. Right? But when we're talking about dealing with the esteem that's preventing you from accomplishing what it is God wants you to accomplish, you got to surround yourself with people that's going to speak life into you, that's going to strengthen you, that's going to build you up. This is a very real thing in the life of so many people. I have a question. And, yeah. and I think, I think, <clears throat> I think you might know what I'm talking about. Hey, my bro, just you. Uh, yeah, go, 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 go. What was that? <laughs> what was that? Did we catch that wait, live? We wait, got it live. Wait, I don't want. I don't want. <laughs> I don't want. I the only one that got a what you what we call it? What we call it? What we call it? What we call it? Giggle? Some giggle? Some giggle? Some giggle? I'm not the only one that a got a courtesy giggle. giggle. <laughs> That's right. Our floor manager got a courtesy giggle. She hit me with it the other day. <laughs> she did. She, oh, yeah, she, she did. with a strong courtesy giggle. It was yeah. Nice. Anyway, go ahead, son. Uh, uh, so, this is just an observation, and, and correct me if I'm wrong. In in our culture, there's there's a there's a propensity to to not prop yourself up so that you're not confused as being conceited when really you're 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 trying to promote your own confidence. Can you talk about the difference between the perception of conceit and confidence and how that plays into that? Because that, that's a common misconception. And right. a lot of times that causes, you know, people to, to just instead of instead of pushing people away or making people, you know, talk about you behind your back, you, you self-deprecate. Right. So that people will feel like they can relate right. to you better or right. something like that. Yeah, I, I would call that I would call it a false humility. So in the, in, from a from biblical language, we look at it as being humble or being prideful. Right. Being confident. Right. The Bible says this. The righteous are as bold as a lion. That's what the Bible says. There's a boldness that comes with being confident. There's a boldness that should arise when you feel good about who you are and you know who you are. And your steam is at a place to where it's supposed to be. There'll be a boldness. There'll be a confidence. Right. But we confuse pride and humility. Right. So humility, humility, humility. Right. Here's a statement of humility. Watch how I say this. I'm more than a conqueror. I can do all things through Christ Jesus. I'm, I can achieve all, everything that I believe. Well, that's in the word. That's what right. 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 But most folks will look at you like, that's very cocky of you to say. <laughs> right. No, that, but that's, that's what God says about me. Now, here's a statement of pride. I'm just a poor old sinner. I can't do nothing. I can't even do this. That's pride. Why is that pride? Because that ain't what God say about you. See, the difference between being prideful and humility is you saying what you want to say about you. You thinking what you want to think about you. When I think what God thinks about me, even, even, even when it's building me up, I'm still being humble. I'm still walking in humility. I'm building myself up. I'm building my esteem up by saying who I am, what I can do, what I can accomplish, where I can go. 
what I've been empowered to do. I'm building myself up. I'm building up my confidence. I'm, I'm gaining the boldness that I need to, to possess what God has called me to possess. But I'm still walking in humility. When I'm beating myself down, when I'm saying what I can't do, and other folks are saying what I can't do, and I'm not thinking that I can accomplish a particular thing, not only am I beating myself down, I'm walking in pride. Now, question though, because when you were talking about con conceit and confidence, there is a certain language though when it comes to conceit. It's like if 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 I am building my myself up so much in order to put you down, mm. I feel I feel like that's not confidence. That is conceit. Like okay. because okay. you can you you can still walk in your truth, but don't don't come down on me as if I don't have. Uh, my own truth of what God says about me as well. Mm -hmm. It's like, I am the only one who can be here, so no one else can be. Well, that's not true. Right. If I go down a bread aisle, it's a bunch of different breads. We could all do the same thing and still have enough for everybody. Seriously. She said what she said is perfect. It's, conceit is rooted in a false humility. Okay. Right? Conceit is basically, it, it's rooted in pride, is what I'm saying. Conceit is when you're saying things about yourself that's, that's really not true. Like you have an over um, estimation of, of what you can do. Is a conceit would be like me saying that, um, you know, um, I'm better than, you know, some, some pro bowl wide receiver. Or like you're better at dominoes than me. Well, I am, but yeah, I'm just saying. See, no. see, no. see, <laughs> see, <laughs> see. <laughs> no, but conceit, conceit is, is rooted in pride, like you said. Like it's rooted in, in, in the false humility. That's what came to me when you were saying that. Um, but, but confidence and boldness is rooted in what, what, what God has said about me. Even if I haven't even accomplished anything he said about me, I can still be, have a boldness about it. You know, the righteous are as bold as a lion. And there's a boldness that comes when you build yourself up. The Bible says like this, building yourself up um, in your most holy faith, right? Praying in the Holy Ghost. We're supposed to build ourselves up. We're called to build ourselves. The Bible says David encouraged himself in the Lord. David, had, David was going through something where he had, he, had, he had the right, he had the ability, he had the experience to feel bad about himself and to get down on himself. But the Bible says, no, he, he built himself up in the Lord. He began to speak to himself. He began to write. He began to write how much he loved the Lord. And he began to, he started blowing him kisses and worshiping out there in this world. And he built himself up. So what, when, we talk about, when we're talking about dealing with esteem, it, it has its foundation in knowing who you are in Christ Jesus, knowing how much God loves you, knowing what it is God has called you to do, and not being afraid to say it. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so to him whom he, whom he, whom he uh, snatched or taken out of, rid out of the hand of the enemy. We have to say it. We have to say who we are. We have to say what God has called us to do. We have to say what God has called us to be. And, and that's how we overcome you know, self-esteem and these things that prevent us from fulfilling who it is God has called us to fulfill or what it is God has called us to fulfill. Now, I have... Now, this is interesting. A friend of mine said that a scholar looked up the whole story about Moses and the bush, right? So when you're talking about, you know, God is serious about us knowing who we are. So a scholar has said that after his investigation, whatever the case may be, he feels that God was actually with Moses for seven days at that bush to, to basically tell him what I said about you is true. Mm. And like, so Moses was there for seven days According to one scholar, so seven days trying to tell God, no, this is who I am. God's like, what the, hold on. Right, what did I just tell you? <laughs> right. What did I just tell you? you? on day three? Yeah. I just tell you right. on day one about right. yourself. Right, so right, So it's, it's like God will actually contend with us. Like he's very serious oh, about no doubt about it. And he's, 
He's like, I'm not going to leave until you get what I said. Mm-hmm. But just just the thought that God is so patient and so merciful to even do that with Moses, if that is actually what happened. Right. No. And, and I mean, I mean, the spirit of it sounds like God, if you know what I mean, the spirit of it. Yeah. Right. God, is, he's not he's not going to leave you nor forsake. He's going to keep He's going to fight. He's going to fight you as much as he needs to fight you to get you to realize how much he loves you and who you are in him. That's that is that is sounds just like my father. It sounds just like I mean that's what he'll do. And you know, again, not knowing if that's the case, but it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if that was the the, the facts of the situation that God would contend with Moses to get Moses to realize who he was because Moses was going through it on the backside. I mean, imagine what Moses was. I mean, it's been forty years of being of being torn down to nothing. Like, excuse me, you back there, you back there wandering in the wilderness for forty years. Now you not now now you gonna come tell me you know. Because remember now, remember, the Bible says it came to Moses, who God had called him to be, when it came to delivering Israel out of the hand of Egypt. I believe Moses knew God had called him to deliver his people. He just didn't understand how God had called him to deliver his people. He knew that he had called him. He just didn't know how he was going to do it. And then he went out there and started killing folk. And they said, no, no, that ain't the way. He's... <laughs> You gonna kill me? I'm glad I didn't drink what he said. You gonna? I didn't see you do that. No, you gonna start killing? You gonna? Then the Egyptian prince said, "You gonna kill me like you killed him?" Moses. Oh, everybody know about this thing. I got to go hide out. So he had to go hide in the wilderness. Right. Made him a little brown, little black thing. Made him a little black thing. You know what? Maybe we. He made him a little brown thing. Version. That's what, King what James that? all the way. I don't know, but he really <laughs> he made him a little brown honey. He fell in love. That would be a great read. I tell I you that one. So. Uh, <laughs> maybe we'll get to that one day. But he, he made him, he made him a, little, a little brown skin thing from Egypt. Uh huh. Fell in love with it. Had some children, and just went to went to waiting on God. You know. So yeah, that sounds just like I mean I mean God when God called him to come and come and go do what I called you to do. Now now God had to build him back up. After breaking them down, and, you know, and a lot of times we have to go through that process of of um, transformation ourselves, right? We have to go through it once we get saved. We got to go through the process of being broken down so that God can build us back up, you know. And that's a whole another aspect of it. But the selfish thing we're talking about is that's which, which, that which is rooted in the flesh. Like there's one thing to go through the spiritual transformation, but there's another thing to go through dealing with the warfare, psychological warfare. Uh, in the mind that 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 comes to tear you down and beat you down, you know, and um, and the word of God uh, uh, in Philippians it tells us to think on these things and to think on things that that are virtuous and that are, that that all of them rep- really represent empowering. To sum it up, things that empower you to overcome low self-esteem, you know. When we do that and we execute what the word of God gives us to execute, self-esteem won't even be a, it won't be an issue to us. I have a couple of thoughts. Go I'm going to be going all, all around because I didn't respond to everything. Yeah. So when you were talking about um, uh, life being, uh, what's the, what's the script? Nothing life in the power. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the story that came to mind, Papa D, who was the guy in the Bible where the angel shut his mouth? Because <laughs> he said, because if, because if, if you speak, this promise ain't going to come to pass. That was um, John the Baptist's father. That was John the Baptist's father. And, uh, 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 what's his name? His name was uh, oh, what's his name was uh, yeah, but it's John the Baptist's father. I think of his name in a second. But yeah, it was him, right? Exactly, because yeah. because because he was like 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 how this gonna happen? Man? Like, I mean, my my stuff ain't working. My wife's stuff ain't working. Like how, how this gonna happen? You know what? You know what? <laughs> <laughs> Fix that. <laughs> 
Oh, no, he's that what that's what it was. Okay, Papa D. That what it was. It's okay. just very simple. My stuff ain't working. Her stuff ain't working. What was his name, man? What was the man name? I can't even. You know what I mean? Like my, like my lawnmower broke or something. Like, my stuff ain't working. It's too late. It's too late. Listen, man. It ain't working. <laughs> That's what it is. It ain't working, man. Oh, my gosh. See? See? Yeah. See that version? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We, we need that version in life. I'm I telling you. So. I, I, I think can't so. wait. Zacharias is his name. Zacharias. Zacharias. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Zacharias. And then the other thought that I had when you spoke about Jesus asked Peter, who, who do you think I am? Mm-hmm. Do, you think, do you think Jesus really cares? What he thought? Um, I wouldn't say he didn't care, but I, I think Jesus he was going somewhere with it. I mean that that was just that was just a means to an end. Like who do you, who do you say that I am? And but here's here's what people gotta realize that Jesus lived by the Spirit. He didn't know everything. There was a spontaneity to Jesus' life. I believe he he was led to ask Peter that question by the Spirit. Reason I say that is because Peter's I shouldn't say Peter. He, he was led to ask the disciples that by the Spirit, because Peter's response was from the Spirit. So I don't think Jesus actually knew, like, why he was asking that question. That's a part of Jesus's life we got to understand that he lived by the Spirit. A lot of things he didn't know how to or what was going to happen or what to how he was going to deal with it until the experience arose in the moment. So when you say, when you ask me, did, did Jesus really care what their answer was? I mean, I, I wouldn't say he didn't care, but at the same time, I don't even think that was a part of the thought process. Because by the Spirit, he knew, asked them, who do they say they am? And then Peter blurts out. I don't think Peter thought, well, who does they say? No, I believe it came by the Spirit. I believe it, Peter was in there listening. He asked the question, Bow after Christ, the Son of the living God. Where did that come from? <laughs> I believe that's how it happened. And that's what Jesus said. Flesh and blood did not reveal that unto you, but my Father which is in heaven had to reveal that unto you. I believe it just, it just came out of his mouth. Peter didn't realize what was coming out. So do you think that in that moment he was trying to show that you are led by the Spirit as well? Well, I mean, if he wasn't in the beginning, he can come back in the back and behind him and say that. <laughs> I'm not sure. Again, I'm not sure if that was the case. Because of the spontaneity, a lot of times Jesus' life and our lives are, there's a there's a spontaneity to it that we just can't plan for. That's why that's why we have to be saturated and rooted and 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 grounded in the Word of God, so that as as certain things arise, we are equipped to handle them. That's why Jesus said, "Don't don't worry about what you're gonna say when they bring." He says, "He says in that hour I'll give you what I'll tell you what to say." Right? That's the spontaneity of life, right? And that's that's the spontaneity of of being led by the Spirit. Now that don't mean we can't plan and we can't organize. That don't mean that at all. But there's an aspect of our life that that's Holy Spirit led that we are equipped to handle in that particular moment. I believe that was one of those moments where Jesus was putting the question out there because the spirit of God just led him to ask that question. Right. And so there's there's a lot of times when we're dealing with matters of esteem, where we might not even understand why we're saying something or why we're doing something. Just say it and do it. Because it's part of God's way or mechanism of empowering you and building you up so that you can eventually get beyond having to deal with the, the esteem issues. And then my last point, and yeah. then we can all end it. Yeah. 
I got you, boo. I got you. <laughs> it, ain't, it wasn't neither one of us this time. Just, just so we know. It's on the publisher. No, right, man. It's on the publisher. But, it, but it all depends on how, how he responds. Uh-oh. Like, well, you oh, setting set it up. I don't know how you expected me not to spike it. No, but all he has to do is stay on point. He be going on rabbit trails. He's like, how did I get there? What we talking about? <laughs> I love when she. I love when she imitate me. I love when she go to imitation. <laughs> that's, that's what we have in it. Like, yeah. Yeah, I asked you that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so the the idea that it all comes back to love, right? Right. About the love being perfected. So I ended up doing some some research on that because you know I told you that I was trying to overcome fear, right? And that you said that the love had to be perfected in me, right? So I end up looking up the definition of perfect and. The one part says unity and harmony. Everything works in mm. unity and harmony. But the second part, it said wholeness. Mm-hmm. And when I looked up wholeness, it said the state or condition of being undamaged. Right. 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 So. Right. <laughs> no, that's good. Okay. Yeah. So, to, so for someone. And you want me to take how long to answer this question? <laughs> you know what? How about, it doesn't have to be a question. How long is it? No, how about it's just the insight that I had. I can't just leave it there, yo. I can't leave it there. I can't leave it there. I was saying that that's a that's a loaded bad, but you got I mean she's right on. You you yeah. can there's a part of it that it's it's actually answered itself in a sense. It's that love affair that will bring you into wholeness, but now we have to break down the details. Of that wholeness for you and love for you is one way. Wholeness for you and love for you is another way. And wholeness for me and love for me is a whole different way. We each need the individual aspects of how God will, how God needs to love us or how God will love us. And once we once we go through those processes, we come into wholeness. I think about Job a lot of times. Job went through a, a breaking down of of who he was and, and, and the greatest that he had accomplished. But then at the same time, God would then come back in the latter chapters of Job and he and he and he reestablished him. He built him back up in his faith. Then he ended up giving him double for his trouble. Right? But going through that process was because of the willingness of Job to engage in that communicative love affair with God. And 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 that's what it comes down to. Your your wholeness is is constructed around how you how you engage in your intimacy with God, and that's what's going to cause you to. I'm talking about. I'm talking about throw fear as far away from you as, as you possibly can, and it's and it's not a you know um, uh, one day fix. Right, this is something that you're going to have to engage with for the rest of your life. Right, you're going to have to engage with it because sin is always crouching at the door. Fear is always looking to find a way in. And you're going to have to actively, now it gets easier to deal with, but you're going to actively um, engage in the love that God has for you. I mean, man, if there's anything that, that, that should characterize the life of the believer, it's the love affair. Like, like, like how bold, how confident, how brave, how, how, how defiant against fear did David have to be to believe that he could overcome Goliath? But what was David's life rooted in? Backside of the wilderness, singing love songs to his Lord. Running around there singing to him like, like, you know, like they boyfriend and girlfriend. Right? David's life was rooted in his love affair with God. Like singing him songs and blowing him kisses and making up music and making up instruments. Like, like this man had a love affair with God that empowered him, that empowered him to say, you know what? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine trying to defy the armies of the living God? Right? 
on the same token, he also said, what, what's going to be done for the man that, that, that killed this joker? <laughs> give me my money, man. Me, <laughs> That's right. Give me them dollars. That's right. But, but the power to overcome Goliath came in came with his, his love affair, right? And, and that's what we have to get. And if you want to deal with the fear, because what does the Bible say? Um, um, Goliath did to every member of the armies of Israel. He said he terrorized them. He struck fear in their heart. But he couldn't strike hard in the fear of the man that was in love with God. He couldn't strike hard in the fear of the man that had a love affair that went beyond what we can imagine. He can't strike fear in the heart of the believer that's in love with God. He's walking about seeking whom he may devour with fear, right? But if my heart is filled to the capacity with love, mm -hmm. fear, ain't, listen, ain't no space for it. Ain't no space for it. But if you got space <laughs> in your love affair with God, yeah, if you got space, you got room for fear to come in there, right? There's no space in love. Some folks got too much space in their love affair with God. Don't go there. No, because uh, I, don't, I don't know where you're going to go. Yeah, with I, can, it. I can go a lot well, of places with that. Definitely be more than five minutes. I can yeah, tell you. I can go a lot of places. But no, but that's it. But you hit the nail on the head. You know, you got to perfect your love affair with God and it'll cast out fear and low self-esteem will be no longer part of your life. Okay. I'm done. You done? I'm done. Anything, bro? Finito. Oh, Finito? Okay. Any updates with the book that you wanted? Um, we, we, are, we, are, we are setting a, a launch date. We've sent out um, I don't know, a lot of books to a lot of the influencers that we wanted to send them to from Congress people to um, pastors. So the book has gone out. We're just waiting to get responses from, from those leaders. And we've set a, we've set a date. Um, we're going to finalize it on Monday to, to have a, 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 a launch, you know, publicly so that we can become a, a bestseller. You know, I've gotten some good um, feedback. I had a, a person that's been in the um, PR field and has worked with everybody from T.G. Jakes to Miles Monroe to, I mean, they work with a lot of different people and feel really good about the, the content and the quality of the book. And they feel like, you know, it should be on the national level. And so we're going to do everything we can to get this book on a national scale because I really believe it's going to, it's going to stir, it's going to stir the, um, the righteousness, consciousness of the believer that we need to have to do judgment and justice for black America. And we're going to be granted reparations. And let the church say amen. Yep. Yep. Okay. Well, thank you for joining us. Make sure you like, comment, share on YouTube. Let us know if there's anything that you would like us to talk about as far as how salvation could be the solution for you. And until then, be blessed. Be blessed.